Welcome to Property Talk from Louise's Lounge. My name's Louise Heatley and I'm Managing Director of Exclusive Links Real Estate with over 17 years experience in the Dubai real estate market. Through our podcast series, it's an opportunity for us to give you some market insights, discuss some interesting topics, have some guest attendees, and it's also an opportunity for you to meet some of our team. On today's episode, we have one of our own, Pauline Neal, who heads the Elite Collection, Exclusive Link's luxury band. Pauline's been in the real estate industry for over 20 years, and as a previous owner of a successful real estate company, she's very well connected. Pauline works with a portfolio of private clients who are looking for professional experience, maturity, integrity, and utmost honesty. A well-known figure in the industry is Jerry Parks. Jerry Parks is partner and head of sales in an international law firm, Taylor Wesson. Jerry's been in Dubai for over 25 years and mainly works with high net worth and high profile clients and their real estate investments. Jerry is also advising on structuring of real estate acquisitions and succession and inheritance cases. So thank you, Pauline. Thank you, Jerry, for joining us today on our podcast series. Um, so let's get straight in. Pauline, we obviously felt the need to set up the Elite Collection, the luxury band. Why was that? Um, yeah, there's been an awful big increase in the luxury end of the market. And I think certainly over the last few years, everything was branded as luxury, but actually it wasn't quite what it should be. Mm. Um, so there was a need for bringing in a sort of bespoke service for a lot of these clients. The deals are more complicated, they require different things. So it was a really good idea to you know, bring in a bespoke service for them. And rebrand it. And what is what classifies as a property in our elite collection? What's the criteria? Well, for us at Exclusive Links, we've done it as 15 million dirhams and above. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, there's a range of services that can be tailored to 15 million or it can go up as high as 100 million, 200 million. It just depends what the client wants, but our, our baseline is 15 million. Do they sometimes look at um, trying, like, I mean, 15 million is a huge investment. So yeah. do you ever get somebody that might want to like yeah. rent a, a huge 1 million, 2 million property just to get a feel for it first. Yes, that's definitely, that happens a lot, um, where they'll maybe just test it for a year, see if they like living in that location, mm. and then they'll buy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, Jerry, you've worked with Pauline for many years, and mm. you look after these high net worth customers. So there's some extra demands that <laughs> we're laughing, lots of extra <laughs> demands. So give us an idea on the transaction well, side. Can, yeah, there can be. I mean, high <laughs> net worth clients are obviously people at the end of the day. But um, I think because of their profile in many cases, because of the amounts involved, um, there's certainly a greater focus on confidentiality, mm. for example. So that's not just in terms of, of, of keeping deal details confidential, but also um, that, that can influence how you structure a deal. So it may well not be the individual themselves who is the, the registered buyer. Mm. They may decide to look at some sort of offshore corporate structuring or um, what is becoming quite popular now, which is the use of DIFC foundations mm. for buying properties. And, and if you do that, you can, you can um, protect the identity of the client to a greater degree than if they just buy in their personal name. So you, do you find that there's always NDAs required for these high net worth clients? No, or just we, we don't, simply because um, 
within the legal profession, and particularly us as um, UK lawyers, we're already bound by uh, confidentiality arrangements, which are, which are through our membership, the Law Society of England and the Legal Affairs Department in Dubai. So there's no real need to put an overlay of, of an NDA on top of mm. that. It's a given, anyway. Yeah, it is a given. Yeah. But having said that, you know, some clients may may insist that, that everybody in the transaction signs an NDA, and if that's the case, then then I, I have no objection to signing an NDA that simply reflects yeah. the terms of confidentiality that we're already bound by. It's all about client comfort. Do you get that as well, Pauline? Yeah, it's interesting. I've been asked recently a few times for signing a you know, potential buyers signing NDAs before property information is given over, mm. um, which we haven't seen before. Mm. So that's why we were really establishing the elite collection because, you know, you if you have a, a, an elite collection property to sell, it's not just a case of putting it on one of the portals. Mm. Um, and so there are a lot of, of confidential information that people don't want out in their mm. market. Do you actually find as well that a client will come to you, have a luxury property, but do not want us to market it. Yes. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Okay. Again, yeah. it's that confidentiality, you yeah. know, keeping their own private information. Yeah. So what do we do? But likewise, you know, with, with properties of that stature and, you know, they have to be marketed properly. They have to have proper marketing brochures and, you know, that has to be going to the right people. It's not uh, a case of just taking some pictures and putting it on a portal. Mm. You know, that's not how these properties are sold. So what do we, how do, how do you <laughs> sell these properties? They don't want them on the portals, don't want them on the website. What do we do as a service to still find buyers for those off-market listings? It's mainly dealing with um, the network, really, of people that, that we know deal in that market that, mm. that are interested or that deal with these type of clients. So obviously we prepare the beautiful brochures and now the, the electronic brochures because a lot of the buyers are from overseas. Mm. The photographs and the videos are very important. Um, and a lot of the time it's dealing with their lawyers or their business people. Um, and you know quite often we have to send information first and then they will decide if they want to come and view. So it's all done very privately and very confidentiality, mm. confidential, rather than you know, being marketed yeah. on yeah. the portals. It's the direct marketing going out yeah. there to that yeah. group of yeah. preferred, or preferred clients, not the word, yeah. but that clientele. Yeah. Um, and Jerry, the contracts of sale, um, obviously Form F, the standard yeah. government contract, but the additional clauses is there anything that is particularly generic for high net worth clients mm. that we include or precautions that we yeah, have to yeah. consider different to... Yeah, I think, I mean, it's important to, to say that, you know, we all use the Form F, so no matter what the, the value of the property, we're still, we're still using yeah. the Form F. Mm. But then in the additional terms and conditions, I suppose, we tend to see some peculiarities, I suppose, Often, um, with, with some of the bigger villas, they may come with artwork or expensive furniture, mm. and it's important, therefore, to um, you know, have in inventories that yeah. closely define what is, what is passing across with the property. Mm. Um, confidentiality, as I've said before, is sometimes, sometimes we beef up those provisions that are already in the Form F, but we might want to just uh, emphasize the confidentiality points. Um, sometimes we've had staff 
that are working and have worked in a villa for many years and maybe the buyer would like to take over those staff mm. and um, obviously subject to the staff being happy to go across then we include provisions for the transfer of employees um, and I, we, t we tend to beef up one or two of the provision when it comes to the escrow arrangements simply because of the uh, amounts involved yeah. um, although the form f provides for for a simple sort of fault based forfeiture of the deposit because the amount is so big we tend to uh, more closely define what is a default mm. just so that there's no argument about that because mm. the the amounts are not the kind of amounts you want to be uh, do you find other assets included in these luxury you know their cars <laughs> their speedboats sometimes, Art, yeah. sometimes. Artwork is quite often included. yeah artwork yeah. yes i mean we yeah. did we worked on one the other day where there was a car yeah. that was thrown in yeah and all of that has to be incorporated but also yeah. another transaction yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. so that needs to be factored into the property yeah. agreement but then there's a whole other thing that needs to go on with the transfer of the registration of the car do you find because i know this is not standard before uh, in dubai as such do you find with the higher end people do the inspections the pre-inspections they get an outside company to come in and check yeah. the property themselves i mean they're such large you know expensive important purchases as any investment is yeah. but do you find that a little bit more with the higher end or for new properties that are being handed over yes mm. um i work with quite a few companies that they offer that service and my clients have used that um and then you know they they do a very thorough job 40 to 50 pages oh gosh of course and but yeah mainly just for the new properties yeah and you've incorporated the same in the contracts as well. Yeah, we subject to an inspection. Yeah, for it's usually as a, as a precondition. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think especially with the high end properties that some clients are a little bit sensitive about it. So they do want surveys done. Um, you know, surveys are less common at the lower end of the market. Yeah. But mm. with the higher end, we do see people retaining, you know, private consultants who will inspect inside, outside, build quality soil quality water quality yeah. I mean, so there's no know. doubt of what they're getting and it's yeah. just yeah. keeping everything yeah. tight um so pauline what are the most sought after luxury communities <laughs> out there if i had 15 million to give you right now where would we be going um well obviously palm jumeirah yeah. is is pretty much uh, number one out there at the moment um but there are a lot of new luxury properties and there's always been, I think, the difference now, what I'm finding is, you know, a lot of the developers are dealing with international companies that are designing houses in L.A. and Cape mm. Town and things, and they're coming in for a more modern kind of design. It's a huge um, global influence. There is, mm. and there's a huge demand for that at the moment. So you've got the Palm, but you've got beautiful penthouse apartments in downtown. You have incredible... Uh, properties coming up out in Dubai land now. Mm. Um, there's, there's a few. There's, quite quite a there's, few. there's a lot. Yeah. One of your favourites, Talal El <laughs> yeah. I bought yeah. there as well. Not one of the 15 million, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, beautiful development, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a spoil for choice, which yes. is why we still have this huge yeah. demand. But what's interesting is, you know, there's a very big difference between a luxury property and what I now class as an ultra-luxury property. Mm. Um, there's, there's not a huge supply of what the real high net worths are looking for. Okay. Um, they want something even more up there. Yeah, and, you know, they, they see as standard that everything should be 
automated and green and energy efficient and everything like that. Um, and that's just coming in now in a lot of the newer developments. Mm. So, yeah. They're up in the bar, aren't they? They, are. they want yeah. more yeah. for their bar. Sure. I think, I think yeah. where we see that as well is a lot of our clients buying on Jumeirah Bay, for example, yeah, where you can buy the plot. Yeah. Yes. And that, of course, gives you the freedom to build yes. to whatever standard you want. Yeah. Yeah. So I think some buyers who are not finding the, the quality that they want in other okay. locations are now seeing, although obviously you, you buy the plot, you've got to build, there's a time lag in there, but at least you can control yeah. the and quality you that you end up with. You can have it, yeah. exactly. And I think people are happy to, to wait two, three years for their own property rather than buying one and renovating. Yeah. Although mm. there is yeah. a lot of renovation going on, mm. but... Mm. But yeah, I know they say they buy these gorgeous, beautiful yeah. properties and then rip them up and change yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's to get that bespoke, yeah. exactly what they want. Yeah. Um, and Jerry, we have a lot of the high net worth clients from our Russian speaking uh, countries. Mm. Can you help with their purchases? Do you offer yeah. escrow accounts? Can you talk us through yeah. that process yeah, a little bit? We can. Um, I mean, with all clients, we have to do our KYC like everybody else. Mm. So, so that's a process that we go through. With, with Russian clients, we now have to cross-check against sanctions lists that have been recently um, That's released. one additional step. Yeah. yeah, so there's a sort of additional layer of KYC that we have to do in relation to Russian clients. But there's no blanket ban, for example, on us or, no. or any other firm, I don't think, acting for, for Russian clients, provided they, they pass those, those stages. Mm -hmm then we're happy to act. Now, once we are instructed, we can receive client funds in relation to the transaction. So on a purchase, obviously, we can receive the purchase funds, and on a sale, we can receive the proceeds of sale. Mm. So for a lot of overseas clients, particularly, um, well, wherever they are, if they don't have a bank account in Dubai, yeah. that can cause a problem. So one advantage I always point out of instructing us is that they can use our client account mm -hmm. uh, for that purpose. Now. We have to be slightly careful because it can only be used for the purposes of the transaction. We can't be seen to be acting as a bank, but we can be seen to be facilitating the transaction in relation to which we're instructed. Mm. So that can be very helpful, I find, for, yeah. for a lot yeah. of overseas clients that yeah. either don't have an account or even if they do have an account, then if they're not here, they're not necessarily on the ground and able to cut managers' checks in the time you know, required, whereas, whereas we can you know, facilitate yeah. that process. I think that's a big problem of them yeah. getting their funds here. They want yeah. to purchase, yeah. but it's a safe, uh, controlled... Yeah, um, and, it, and it is a safe... I mean, I know we talk about escrow account, but technically what happens is that they transfer their funds to our client account. Mm -hmm. So it's not an escrow account that is sitting between their, you know, them as the buyer and the seller, mm. it's actually a, their client account that they can control completely through mm. us. Okay. So it's not an escrow account in that sense. It's funds that are here under yeah. their control and, you know, we only uh, make payments on their instructions. Um, and also with regards to the KYC and due diligence, how recent is all these KY laws impacting us if at all are they do we see that it's taking away potential buyers from the market uh, it's I, I don't think they're leaving the market they're perhaps yeah. i mean there are some buyers for whom we can't act yeah. because mm -hmm. they don't satisfy the kyc requirements mm -hmm. but that simply means we can't deal with them it doesn't mean that they, they can't, can't buy, yeah. buy yeah. in the dubai property yeah. market so I, I don't see that it's 
And if anything, really been I an think issue. all the regulation that has come in has actually strengthened the mm -hmm. market. Mm -hmm. You know, it's made people a lot more confident to put their money here. Yeah. No, I agree. I think lots of regulations mm. and procedures mm. just actually, you know, help us keep the, keep the market yeah. strong and mature yeah. the market. Yeah. But we haven't noticed a drop. No, clientele because of the, the different laws. Um, so Pauline, what increase has Dubai witnessed in the luxury market? Let's look over the last two years. Um, we've always said 2020, <laughs> COVID years and obviously Dubai. So can you talk us through a little bit about the increases and what has contributed to that? Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's lots of numbers flying around, but uh, definitely the last three months. So July, August, September for the ultra luxury market has been the best they've ever had. Wow, ever? Ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And actually, just alone, there was a report uh, a couple of days ago that said the month of uh, October was 29% increase. Wow. Which is huge. Huge. Can we, can we sustain this? Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. But I mean, I think at the moment for Dubai, they've got, you know, they've really done a good job with regards to attracting people mm. into Dubai. It's a great place to live. It's a safe place to live. Um, the, all the visas that have come in have allowed people to, in essence, be based here, um, mm. but still run their global companies and things like that. So it's, it's yeah, it's mm. a really good option for people. Yeah, the government initiatives are definitely yeah. making this oh, yeah. the top spot, yeah. the place yeah. to be, and yeah. give them so many options, as you say, yeah. to come, go, work, yeah. play, have homes. Yeah, and Dubai is so centrally located, so it's, it's good. It's good for Europe. It's, mm. it's good for everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what key additional services <laughs> are high-end? buyers are looking for? I know we've talked a lot about the contracts and various things. What do you deliver, Pauline? Oh, there's a question. <laughs> <laughs> what, what don't I? I think the main thing is actually um, just having the knowledge and then the contact. So, for example, you know, you don't just sell a client a house and walk away. Mm. Um, you know, for me, it's about being able to offer them the whole setup and introduce them to the right people. Um, so obviously, if a buyer's coming into town, I've been here 20 years, I know Dubai quite well, um, and I can help them if anything from bank account setups to schools to, mm. you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's like a concierge service. You have to be yeah. ready to go above and beyond yeah. and deliver more. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, you know, for a few of my past clients, just if they're not here, because a lot of them are not here when they actually do buy, it's taking handover of the property, helping them furnish it, um, you know, whatever it is they need. Put, put breakfast in the fridge for them. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gone yeah. that far yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Get the house ready for them coming over. Yeah. So anybody got any more tips or <laughs> suggestions out there for, for the clients looking to buy high-end properties? Apart from call Jerry and call Pauline. Well, I would just echo what Pauline was just saying. I think, you know, you've been here 20 years, I've been here 25 years. It's yeah. about, you know, for, for buyers, I find it's about them coming in and, and hooking up with people who actually yeah. have some experience and know mm. what they're doing and can afford them the greatest protection. Yeah. Um, for, you know, we're talking about a lot of money and we're talking about big yeah. investments, big properties. So they want to feel comfortable that they're safe in all of this process. And I think that's you know what we can offer in the immediate. 
uh, sense. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and then there's ancillary services, you know, yeah. as far as we're concerned, when they maybe talk about visas, which is yeah. which is increasingly the next step for property owners here. It's you know gone are the days where people were buying to invest and flip you know now people mm. are buying to bring the family Stay over correct. and talking yeah. about visas yeah. that goes hand in hand with then maybe talking about setting up a company mm. so they want to talk to somebody about that which we can do and people will also talk about things like inheritance and succession yeah. so we can advise on either structuring it so that we can address that issue or we can do difc wills to, to you know to, so that they can be feel covered so so there's a lot of things like that that I think we can offer. Yeah, um, I think yes. having the knowledge is key, you know, and being, you know, honest with them, mm. being able to give them proper, honest advice on each and every different development. It's very yeah. important. It's very service oriented. It's yeah. not about selling, as you say. It's about your experience, yeah. and between the two of you on the couch, it's all nearly 45, 50 years <laughs> of experience. Right. Well, that's a bit embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Not age. <laughs> How did it come to that? <laughs> uh, well, thank you both very much for joining us today. I Pleasure. hope it wasn't like the dentist. No, I not, did hear that comment earlier, no, Jerry. <laughs> He's like, bad, no. this is like going to the dentist. <laughs> Was it that bad? No, not as bad. <laughs> not at all. No, thank no. you. And I hope you can come back again yeah, sometime. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today from Property Talk from Louise's Lounge. We hope you enjoyed today's chat. And as always, if you've got any questions or comments or suggestions for future topics, please do get in touch. And I hope you tune in again soon. Thank you. Mm -hmm.